Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2,200 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. This week, as part of our webinar series at Sheep Connect New South Wales, I was joined by Australian Wool Innovation, or AWI's, Henry Ridge, to talk about the AWI's Shed Consultation and Design Project. If you'd like to access this webinar and many others, simply visit the Sheep Connect New South Wales website. Following on from that webinar, in this episode of It's Time For You, I'm joined by Jeff Bilney, who has recently built a new shearing shed on his property in Western Australia based on findings from the AWI project. Jeff and his wife, Linda, live on Broom Farm at Kojanup, 272 kilometres southeast of Perth. Jeff is a third generation farmer and Linda, the daughter of a retired livestock buyer. Together, they own and lease 3,000 hectares of land operating a mixed farming enterprise of grain, sheep and a lamb finishing feedlot. Jeff is passionate about employing people with the same work ethic as himself, which is to take excellent care of their land, livestock and machinery. This has seen many improvements in infrastructure on their farm to provide a safe, safer and more efficient working environment for everyone. Welcome, Jeff, and thank you for joining me on It's Time For You. <laughs> Jeff, could you tell us a little bit about your farm in Western Australia? Um, yeah, Fiona, we're in what is meant to be about a 450mm rainfall. Um, it's a Mediterranean-type climate with, I'd say, maybe 85% of our rain occurring during the wintertime. Probably like a lot of people, we're um, short of our rainfall for the last three, four years. So, um, you know, the systems are needing to change a little bit at the moment because of that. We're mixed, mixed grain and cropping uh, with um, a sheep feedlot as well as sheep in, uh, in our paddocks as, um, as you know, different parts of our income, yeah. I don't think you're alone there when <sighs> you just said that you, things have to change a little bit. I've certainly found over the eastern side of our country that the drought has posed many challenges for farmers and they've had to look at the way their enterprises have been functioning and is there a way they can do things differently under the circumstances. So it's the drought or if the drought's been the main influence, um, does your environment give you a specific challenges that you're looking at at the moment? Yeah, it has. We're um, what water supply. We, we haven't actually been in a drought. We've been in low rainfall, which uh, for our cropping has been uh, has been has been okay. The um, the problem that's arising out of it for us is stock water, and um, it's it's going to be. It may well rain heavily next year, and uh, our dams may be full. But I think this is a this is a long-term thing that is happening, and access to water is 
is going to be a significant problem for us going forward into the future. We're very lucky here. We have underground water and that that is now being distributed around our whole farm so that our reliance on dams is no longer essential. Uh, that's that's probably one of the big ones that is appearing to us at the moment in um, in problems that we have with our environment. Yeah, it, it it is significant and it's and it's not going to change in the medium to long term. It's just going to continue. So water supply is probably a big a big problem for us to maintain our livestock uh, numbers. Finding water. There's there's reasonable amounts of desal plants going in to try and alleviate that. Um, yeah, that's that's probably one of the biggest ones that we have in our in our situation at the moment. And Jeff, the scale of your enterprise over there is really quite large. To give us a little bit of insight into it, maybe you could tell our listeners uh, a little bit about your shearing. So the number of sheep you shear and how many times a year you shear and when you shear so we can get it into perspective for us. Okay, yeah. the um, Probably the major part of our business is we run a sheep feedlot. Um, and through that part of the business, we're probably, we shear over um, about nine months of the year, eight, eight nine months of the year. Uh, feedlot operates for about 10 months, not quite, you know, give it just a little bit. Um, and so any sheep that is viable to shear uh, goes through our shearing shed, and we're probably... I think last year, I think there was about 65,000 went through the shed um, and then plus our own sheep uh, outside. So pretty much nine months of the year, we would be shearing uh, one or two days. With a new shed, we're probably shearing one or two days a week, two days, three days. <clears throat> but it, it happens in, in fits and spurts. Jeff, it's certainly incredible um, for me. My husband and I have a fine wool merino enterprise, so we shoot once, maybe twice a year if we're lucky, and nothing like those numbers. So I guess one of my questions was going to be, what was the main drivers for you to think about building a new shearing shed? But in a way, you've already answered it for me. The scale of your operation is just amazing to me, and those numbers, and I don't know, do you have shearers that live with you? <laughs> Uh, we we're certainly on first term um, basis with them, and we have we do have a very good relationship with them. Um, yeah, look, we we went from a um, a four stand, basically a shoebox that we were shearing out of, um, and just the numbers. But we've now shifted to a six stand shed, and that that has reduced. Reduce the amount of time that we're shearing. I mean, I think everybody understands how frantic things are when you're shearing, uh, and when you're shearing three days, and sometimes, um, you know, if the numbers come come accordingly, we'll be shearing for a couple of weeks in a row, along with all the other parts of the business that are, that are needing to run as well, maintaining the feedlot. So that, yeah, we we just the business has grown exponentially over the last five years with a feedlot and um, to try and shear 65,000 sheep in a shed that just holds at maximum probably 300 sheep 
um, in the in the hold areas, which was our old shed, just created all sorts of problems. Um, the shearers, the guys were starting uh, during the winter time. They were starting probably nine o'clock because we hold enough sheep, and so the sheep outside needed to have the dew dry off them. Otherwise, they could shear for a run and a half, and they'd have to sit down for an hour and a half to to let the sheep dry. So, yeah. There was obviously a big need to increase your level of efficiency then in the shearing shed. What other um, what other things did you want to achieve for the business by going into the direction of building a new shed? Um, probably the most important one to me was we wanted the shed to still be relevant to the standards expected of shearing sheds in perhaps 20 years' time. So, so we, we made focuses on um, safety and um, ease of work for the people. So they, that, was, that was probably the major reason, apart from the sheer fact that we was, it was just getting impossible to shear the number of sheep we were shearing in the, in the shed that we had. That, that was a major reason was to what we were going to do had to be uh, relevant in 20 years' time because you you would expect um, OH&S is going to become, in that period of time, is going to become significant and that that was pretty well the major reason for that. The fact that we've gone from six, from four to six shearers is supposedly going to, instead of shearing for three days, we're going to shear for two days. Um, and the other, the other problem we have is, like any farmer, I think finding labour is quite, quite difficult. And so, if we can reduce our shearing time from from three days to two days, um, people tied up with shearing suddenly we've gained a day for people on the farm. There's not a lot of difference shearing 800 sheep as it is to shearing 1,200 sheep in a day. So, the same number of people need to be there for the same amount of time to bring sheep in, take sheep away. So that was, we were hoping to gain time, which I think we have, um, and we've provided an environment that will be, a, you know, in, in 20 years' time, this shed will still be an acceptable standard with regards to um, safety of workers. Which is so important because it's such a huge investment for you. And no doubt this whole process was incredibly daunting. Well, I think I would find it daunting <laughs> setting out in the beginning to build a new shed. So how did you begin? Why did you use some of the AWI design into the project? How did it all start for you? The, the, the whole thing started three years, four years before um, we actually started to physically do, you know, physically turn a piece of dirt. Um, went to the, the, the AWI shed to us was the first um, shed that someone had actually spent money researching and building trials and testing things and going, no, we can improve this, we can change that. Generally, most of the other sheds are around is someone's come with an idea and they've done something. Um, so that that appealed to me greatly. You know, a significant amount of AWI money went into developing that shed, um, and I think their focuses were 
probably, well, they weren't, not probably, they were the same uh, as what we wanted, which was let's make this a really safe place. Um, you know, I, my aim was, was almost um, whether you could get to the point where the insurance people would say, we will charge you a lower premium for your workers' comp because you have a safe shed. So the AWI shed focused very much on that. Um, and that was that was the reasoning for going and looking at all of that and then understanding why they had done such, you know, why, why things were done certain ways and so forth. So uh, we, we saw the, the shed on the internet. Um, I went over in <clears throat> July two years ago and actually had a look at the shed to see uh, whether I thought it was going to work and be applicable for us and um, was really quite comfortable with all of the things that I had seen over there. I just thought the whole thing looked like it would flow and move and um, work really quite well. So September 12 months ago, 12, September 19, um, we took uh, our shearing contractor and the guy who, Chippy Chad, the guy who was building the shed. We all went over and had a look at the shed together and um, that was a really valuable, quite, quite integral to the whole thing functioning and, and turning out how it has. Um, Chad understood what we were trying to do. Um, sure, you can build things from a plan, but if you've also actually seen physical product in front of your eyes when when there were times when we came we go we'll just change this or we'll just move that a little bit everybody had an understanding of what it was we were trying to achieve and what the finished product looked like so, so it's fantastic having Chad over there to do all of that um, we've made shed out of considerably stronger materials than the one in Dubbo with the number of sheep that we'll put through there, we're probably putting eight or nine times uh, in a year what a normal shed would have go through. So when we saw all that, we thought it was all well built, uh, but we just wanted the materials to be made a little bit stronger. So yeah, our, our walls are a little bit thicker, the posts are um, stronger, the gates are made out of heavier materials, the, the, um, which is which has turned out to be re really quite fortuitous because the lambs that get in there and th that are shorn are um, most of them have been on feed for quite some for a reasonable period of time. They 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 rush and bash and crash. They they move around it unbelievably well. So in actual fact, probably too well. So the fact that it's all made out of sturdier material is is a has been a, a significant benefit. Darren, the shearing contractor, um, his contribution was as important. Um, the fact that we took our shearing contractor, they were involved in the decision making process, and through him, the shearers and the rouseabouts and so forth were all involved in the decision making process. Um, so they they had things that they wanted, 
um, and they all fitted within the shed and were in actual fact were part of the design. Yeah, Jeff, that was really interesting listening to you talk about the people that you had involved in the pro process then and how integral it was. And it was really um, quite excellent foresight, I would have thought, from you. You've really made it a, a team building exercise. And I'm imagining in years to come, you'll benefit from that because you've got everybody's opinion that's been involved in the operation of your shed into the building of the new one. So you've got to imagine that efficiency of it has increased so much. I'd really like to shift focus now and get you to talk us through the design features. So on our webinar this week, we had Henry that I mentioned in the intro take us through the shed and it, it, it truly is extraordinary the amount of work that AWI has put into this project and the information that they've got out of it. So what are the really key design features in your shed that um, have improved its functionality and yeah, what's your shed look like? Okay. Um, probably the, the um, some of the biggest things that it has there is the um, the plastic grating. Chad and his workers are very much carpenters. They love working with wood, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Putting the grating down took them about three days. Uh, if they were doing the plastic grating, if they were doing normal grating, they would have been three and a half to four weeks. The sheet movement on that plastic grating has to be seen to be uh, to be believed. The sheet probably almost moved a little too quickly on it, uh, surprising as that may seem. So all our sheep are basically lambs. They have no fears. Once they're standing on it, they're just, there's no pause, there's no um, balking. So the grating, I think, is a, is a significant factor in it all. The panel walls are the other part <coughs> of that uh, equation because the sheep have, visually they have nowhere to go other than the open gateway. And so they tend to, to move exactly to the gateway. There's no running into corners because the sheep on the other side, they just simply move through the gates. The wool presser is probably the guy who's gained the most. Just, just because the sheep move so well for him, um, they've changed their processes a little bit. So instead of going to the point of pushing and pushing and getting as many sheep in the pen as possible, they're now moving to let's fill the pen three quarters and let's fill the catching pen three quarters full, so that the shearers can then simply open the doors and move in and be in the right position to catch his sheep. Um, the first the first day, the, the presser was going, this is pretty good, and he'd end up with two or three bums poking out on the shearing floor, and then the shearer's trying to turn the sheep over in an un, unnatural position. And So that flooring has enabled us to change those scenarios, which now makes it that the shearer is in the pen getting his first sheep in a position which is nice and safe for him. Um, the, the flow around the shed, um, the sheep actually flow in an air, in a clockwise per perspective from our shed. How, how can you put it? The, so instead of just filling from, from anywhere, they're, they're actually following a set pattern when they now fill the shed. So the sheep just flow 
smoothly around the pens. Um, the flooring in um, the catching pens is considerably higher slope than uh, than it's than it's traditional. It's basically twice the the slope. Uh, and now that the presser is just three quarters, seven eighths filling that pen, so that the catching to pour door, sorry, <coughs> the catching pen doors are fully open. There's enough room for the sheep to move around for them all to, not all of them, but there's enough sheep facing uphill that the shearer can actually choose a sheep which is in the right position to catch and, and drag out. Um, so, Jeff, you've just mentioned there that the, the sheep will walk naturally up the hill. So is that the benefit of having that sloped floor? It's just in the catching pen, is that correct? Um, yeah, it's just, just in the catching pen. Um, that's the benefit of the catching floor pen being um, twice the slope. Traditionally, uh, those that have got sloping floors in their catching pens, it's usually 150 mils from front to back. Uh, ours is, I think, 275, so considerably steeper. Uh, and that just sheep, sheep face uphill. They don't actually want to, they don't stand there uh, across the hill. They don't stand facing down the hill. They generally face up the hill. So that, that's actually a hidden benefit of that steeper floor. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And then I guess the next bit that comes out of that is once they've dragged, they're dragging back to the door. And you spoke before about the importance of door height that your um, shearers wanted that change. So what have you done there? Yeah, the, um, the, one of the, so they had two requests. One, one of the requests was um, doors that were low were below their elbows, and the design actually had that in. So they we're saying you continually hit the doors with your elbows as you're trying to come out. So, so that was one of the things that they actually wanted. Um, so with the design of the chute, what that enables the um, the pens to actually be sort of twisted sideways, I suppose you could say, and it allows the guys to pull the chute out in a straight line. And that was probably the other the other feature of those pens and, and the design. Your shoots have been moved from inside the catching pen to outside yeah. onto the floor, is that correct? And you're saying it's in a sort of a circular design now where the shearer sits so he can pull it straight out on a straight drag and then put the sheep straight down the chute once he's finished shearing. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, it's to, to enable them to do that, they have made the chute really quite steep uh, and it has it has a significant fall or you know, a sheer drop uh, right at this top of it so that enables them to get the catch the not the catch and to get the shoot out of the catching pen which then allows them to that catching pen so that the shear pulls in a straight line one of the other requirements with our shed was that we had access for a bobcat underneath, which meant we were higher off the ground than the shed in Dubbo. Uh, and that then worked into the, the sheer drop at the start of our shoots is, um, it, ours is about 300 mils, I think. I think Dubbo was 150. Um, and that that just gets, yeah, just gets the shoot out of the pen. Um, Sheep sit on their brisket 
uh, on the board and then she would pretty much just walk off and leave them and let them um, pick and choose their own time of actually heading down the chute. So, yeah, it, it, it's all, it's all sort of intertwined, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Jeff, um, that'll get edited That's out. Okay. Um, yep. One of the important aspects of the AWI work was obviously all about the shearers too. So to take the pressure off the shearers because it's it's such a um, high impact job and the longevity yes. of shearers isn't great. Um, so to minimise them dragging sheep over long distances and obviously moving a sheep around a corner puts a lot of pressure on their back and hips and knee joints. And yep. you've managed to um, minimise this by having this bringing the shoot out and having a, a circular shearing bay, for want of a better word. How do you find that the um, wool handlers go still getting in and around the fleece with that? There's still a lot of room for them. Yeah, yes, there is. The um, our shearing is 95% of our sheep are prem wools, so the girls do all of the work with a broom so they're not having to bend and there's there's good access around the whole sheet the shearers made the comment the other day that the other thing that that design allows them to do is they don't have to walk around rouseabouts who are tidying up the wall and they don't have to walk over the top of the wall to um to head off to get their next sheep it's just in a straight line so yeah we we went to a flat board, um, several reasons in amongst that. The fact that our shearing is 95% the girls do it with a broom. Um, and it was the other thing that our shearers wanted was a flat board. Um, their comment to us was, if the board is wide enough for the shearer to feel like he's not going to fall off, it's too wide for the rouse about at the back of the board um, so there, so there was that one in it or there's those two um, and they also made the comment that the only people who actually like raised boards are farmers so that was that was sort of quite interesting that they made that comment um, and the other one was which I don't think has been given enough importance was the safety of the fact that the routeabouts not got her head and neck at the same height as a handpiece and sheep's feet. So I think most people would prefer if, if a handpiece is going to get kicked that it lands in their leg, not in their face or their neck. Um, and so they were probably, well, they're not probably, they were the three major reasons we went with a flat board. And it's, we've had a reasonable number of people come and look at the shed and they all go, oh, it's not a race board, and going, well, listen to the people who actually used it and they didn't actually want a, a raised ball. So I think you will find shearers who um, don't like raised boards. I don't think you'll find any shearers who don't like flat boards. So, so from a shearer perspective, there's probably only shearers who dislike um, raised boards. The rouseabouts, um, they didn't really mind. They, they most of the raised boards have a cement floor. They don't like that. Um, and they don't like having to lunge to try and get the wall. So yeah, that's that's why we, we went to that design, yeah. 
And I guess this is another, um, brings us back to your original point where you not only had the builder, but you had your shearing contractor there with you through the whole process. So you got all this constant feedback from your whole shearing team to keep everyone happy, which was one of your biggest aims to start with. It was, and um, that became quite really evident right at the start. Um, if, if, you, if you build something and go here, um, people are going to be um, un not unhappy, but they, they're, f they're far greater accepting of let's try something different and um, things if the, if they are involved in the process. And that was the shearers and, and the rouseabouts were involved in the process. And so when we're suggesting let's let's just fill the pens part. Guys, and those every everybody was receptive. You know, they, yep, let's give this a go. Let's see how it works. And so we were able to change how people work in the shed as they were involved. They felt part of the process, and they and they got heard. And yeah, it, that was invaluable in the sense of making everything um, acceptable to them. When we had a look at the shed in Dubbo, they all said to us, oh, "All your shearers will say." It's too steep, and after a couple of days, they'll go. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, spoke to the guys here and said, "Oh, how are you finding the steep floor?" And they said, "No, it's okay. We knew it was happening." And I just went, "Oh, okay." They've accepted that because they knew it was happening. They were involved in the process. So I reckon anybody who's building a shed, they're, they're really important people to include in your decision making. I mean, you still have to stand over the top of it all and go, does that still meet the goals that I want to achieve? And if it does, then then you take, you know, you board and you use that information and then those people feel part of the process. It's really good advice, Jeff. One, one of the design features I just wanted to touch on before we finish up, because it's so important, is lighting. And um, natural lighting is obviously one of the best things to have for classing up fleeces. But it's not always consistent. What what do you use in your shed for lighting? Is it a mixture of natural and artificial? Uh, there's no there's no natural light in our shed at all. Uh, the roof has been we've insulated the roof, so insulating the roof precluded putting in skylights. Um, we've, we've used um, high bay LED lights and we've quite extensive yeah there's quite a bit of work involved in that actually it's actually almost looks like it's brighter than daylight in there when all the lights are turned on so there's uh, I'm just trying to count off the top of my head I think there's probably four lines of three uh, high bay LED lights in the shed uh, and that that provides plenty of light we've, so that was that was also part of the process on the first 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 day was um, a little bit of test try. Are you happy with that? Um, they spent quite a bit of time getting their stands where they where they exactly wanted them for each individual jira uh, because the stand shearing head stands can move virtually every direction, so they get that. So there's a bit of them shifting those around and then just checking the lighting with all the jiras that they were happy with at all. 
Yeah. And that's interesting. You just mentioned your insulated roof, and I'm assuming that's to keep the um, climate extremes out, both for to keep your um, employees comfortable, but also for animal welfare reasons for the sheep. Um, yeah, the for everybody basically. Yes, the 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 shearers are not that far from the roof because we have. Uh, the height is such that we can get a bobcat underneath to clean our shed out. Uh, they are reasonably close to the roof. And the lambs coming out of the feedlot produce a huge amount of heat with the food processing through their through their system. And so yeah, it does get quite warm in there. The so insulating the roof has made a difference. When there's a breeze, uh, it's really nice in there at the moment. Um, other thing that is happening is that evaporative. We're going to put evaporative air conditions in because when there is no breeze, um, really close. Yeah. yeah. So and yeah. I guess the final test of satisfaction. You've mentioned how well the sheep move through, and they're much happier with the new flow and setup. And you've mentioned that your shearing team have accepted it and given good feedback. So. Would you say on the whole that everybody um, has accepted it and it's achieved what you set out to achieve by increasing workplace satisfaction and safety? I think it's done all of those things, yes. Uh, the, the shearers and so forth, are, everybody's happy with the, with the environment they've been given, absolutely. They, um, yeah, they have, and it's, and it's achieved um, the work safe, that we are aiming for. Um, they were all told at the start that it wasn't wasn't a free lunch in the sense that you've got this new facility. What it also re now requires is you to um, to take up your half of it, and um, and let's follow all the safety procedures and so forth expected from you. So yeah. it has it has achieved that, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And with it, it's certainly like it's on the eastern side of the country anyway. It's getting harder and harder to find shearers. Um, you're probably one step in front of us all now because they'd all want to go and work in your shed. Uh, funny you should say that. That um, we, we are, strange as it may seem, we are in a competitive environment. And if I can end up getting six shearers and the guy down the road only gets three, then my shed has helped, hasn't it? And absolutely, we, we are we are in a competitive environment for those people. So, I mean, who knows? In twenty years' time, they may may be saying that shed is not of an extended that that we're prepared to let people go and work in, um, and we're hopefully we're in front of that ball, and uh, you know, it's all they, they do. They all want to come here and shed. They're all happy to do that. Um, yeah. It has provided an advantage in that sense. Thanks, Jeff. Well, thanks for the time and the information that you've shared with our listeners. I think it's really exciting time for the shearing industry. Um, you know, we haven't done a lot with it historically, so it's good to see it advancing and going ahead in certain sections. And yeah, thanks for taking the leap of faith and investing in all that new technology for our industry. Not a problem at all. Thanks, Fiona. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You. 
the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au. Find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events later in the year. Thanks again for joining us today. Bye for now. Thank you.